but uh, I'm privileged to speak today on Resurrection Sunday. And uh, my subject today is the great I am, the resurrection and the life. And we're going to read scripture uh, from John chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. So today is Resurrection Day, the day when we celebrate Jesus being raised from the dead. And um, uh, we've already heard from Steve in Sunday school and uh, from S.M. Lockridge and uh, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what a great hope it gives to all of us. In our text, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you believe this? He proved that all of his claims were true. When you okay, uh, he proved that all of his claims were true when he rose from the dead. He proved that he is the only true and living God. He proved that he is the only savior of lost humanity. And he proved that by believing in him, you will receive eternal life. So today I want to explore the subject of the fact that Jesus is the great I am. Uh, recently at our church, I preached a sermon series on the great I am. That series started back in Exodus chapter 3. Moses was shepherding his father-in-law Jethro's flock in the backside of the desert when he saw this burning bush that was not consumed. He soon discovered that the burning bush was actually the Shekinah glory of God and that he was standing on holy ground. God spoke to him out of the bush and commissioned him to return to Egypt to lead his people back to the promised land. In Exodus chapter three, verses 13 and 14, then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus ye shall, shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever. So the name was I am, which we commonly translate as Yahweh or Lord in all capital letters in many of the translations because the Jews to avoid taking God's name in vain would not say the name Yahweh or but instead said Adonai, which means Lord in Hebrew. Throughout the Old Testament, they replaced the vows of Yahweh with the vows of Adonai. And throughout the Greek translation of the Old Testament, they translated the word not as Yahweh or I am, 
but they used kurios, the Greek word for Lord. What is the special significance of the name I am or Yahweh? Well, it would take probably several sermons to fully explore it, but, but first of all, it means that God is eternally pre-existent. It means that God exists just like he says he did. He does. Second of all, it means God is self-sufficient and self-existent and not defined by his creation. Moses said to God, who am I that I should do this thing that you're asking me to do? God answered, I am. Moses, it doesn't matter that you are weak, afraid, and not able to speak. What matters is that I am God and I will accomplish my purposes through you. Well, I see I'm um, <clears throat> thirdly, I am declares that God from eternity has been engaged in the work of redemption and salvation. The book of Exodus tells us that story of how God was engaged in the work of redemption of his people from Egypt to the promised land. And today, we're going to learn that on this special day, Resurrection Day, God was working out our redemption and our salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who is the great I Am. Throughout the rest of the Old Testament, God's majestic glory, his unwavering justice, and his tender love and mercy are all expressed and revealed in the fact that he is the great I Am. The name Yahweh, or Lord, or I Am, was used of God 6,807 times in the Old Testament. Just a few examples. Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord, Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Isaiah 42 and 8. I am the Lord, Yahweh, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. And finally, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5, I am the Lord, Yahweh, the I am, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. And so Jesus is the great I am. The four Gospels tell us the story of Jesus, the great I am. They tell us about his birth, his life, his ministry, his miracles, and of course his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension back to the Father. But the Gospel of John uniquely reveals to us that Jesus is truly the great I am.
John started out in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In the beginning, he is the eternal God. With God, he is the second person of the Trinity. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He is the omnipotent creator of all things. In order to confirm Jesus' true identity and reveal that to the Jews of Jesus' day and to us today, John used a unique phrase in the Greek text to pull back the curtain and reveal to us Jesus, the great I am, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. That phrase is ego Jesus used that phrase... Esser Jamie Lannister is the eldest son of Tywin Lannister. With Cersei's ascension to the Iron Throne, Jamie was appointed as the new commander of the Lannister armies, but left the... Excuse Miss Google Mini. <clears throat> now, where were we? Uh, let's start. Jesus used that phrase repeatedly to declare to the Jews of his day that he was the great I Am the Yahweh of the Old Testament, that the Jews were even afraid to say that sacred name. The specific phrase, ego aimi, occurs 24 times in the Gospel of John. 17 of those times, it is followed by a clear predicate, such as John 6 and 35. I am the bread of life, or John 8, 12. I am the light of the world, in John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. And of course, our text for today, John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. There are seven uses of the ego I me phrase in the gospel of John that have been described as absolute, not followed by any predicate. I want to consider two of them that I believe prove conclusively that Jesus claimed to be Yahweh, the I am of Exodus chapter 3. In John chapter 8, verses 56 through 59, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And so here in his debate with the, the Jews there in the temple, um, he claimed the fact that he was before Abraham. And uh he said, before Abraham was, I am. And then they took up stones to throw at him to kill him because they considered that he had committed blasphemy. And uh, so Jesus Christ was the great I am, and he was proving it there uh, through what he said to them before Abraham was, I am using that phrase, ego, I mean. The 
The second scripture is John chapter 18, verses 3 through 6. Then having received the band and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, and by the way, this is a uh, literal translation by Jay Green in his Hebrew-Greek Bible. That then having received the band and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, Judas came there with torches and lamps and weapons, then knowing all the things coming on him going forth, Jesus said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus said to them, I am. And Judas, he betraying him, was also standing with them. Therefore, when he said to them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Now, here you have another example where Jesus used that phrase, I am, and uh, the men who came to arrest him were soldiers. They came with weapons, and yet when he used that phrase, it shocked him so much that they fell to the ground, they fell backwards, and uh, I believe it proves that Jesus Christ was claiming to be the great I am. And the one fact that we need to understand is that Jesus is the great I am. He loves you. He loves every single one of us. Okay, folks, something happened to my. Excuse me just a second. These slides are not numbered. Um, Somehow my slides skipped down to the end. And uh, that would be. Okay. And, you, can just, you can just page up until you get back to where you need to be. I, I am there. Okay. The great I am, the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 8, they ask him, who are you? And in the rest of John chapter 8, Jesus had told them plainly that he was the great I am, Yahweh, the God whom the Jews claimed to worship. In the Gospel of John, he tells us not only the identity of Jesus as the great I am, but also the benefits we receive when we believe in him as our God and Savior. So in the Gospel of John, there are seven I am statements of Jesus. John 6.35, I am the bread of life. John 8.12, I am the light of the world. John 10.9, I am the door. John 10.11, I am the good shepherd. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, 1, I am the true vine. Then John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. So in these scriptures, every one of those statements that Jesus made, the I am statements, 
began with that Greek phrase, ego I me. And I believe that he was still claiming to be the great God of the Jews, the Jehovah of the Old Testament. John chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world. And so as we consider the background Jesus had heard the news that his good friend Lazarus was critically ill. However, instead of immediately rushing back to Bethany to heal Lazarus, he delayed his return for two more days. When he finally arrived, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. As word came to the home that Jesus was on the way, Martha went to meet him as he came. Martha was hurting and grieving the loss of her brother. Lazarus was dead, and grief had invaded a once happy home. One, one whom they had loved so dearly was snatched from their presence, and they were de devastated. But that conversation between Martha and Jesus when they met is worth reading again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The problem we all face is the problem of death. Of course, there is physical death that unless we are able to stay alive until Jesus returns and we're caught up into the air to meet him, to be with him forever. But death is a reality. Death is painful. Death is uh, when we lose a loved one, it, it brings hurt and difficult days for us. And the fact that death is getting closer every minute of every day. And one day, your time and my time will run out. Someone has mathematically calculated a schedule that compares the average lifetime with a single day, beginning at 7 a.m. And uh, if you're 15, the time on the clock is 10.25 a.m. If you're 25 years old, the time is 12.42 p.m. If you're 35, the time is 3 p.m. If you're 45, the time is 
5.16 p.m. If you're 55, the time is 7.34 p.m. If you're 65, the time is 9.55 p.m. If you're 70, the time is 11 p.m. And uh, please note that it is always later than you think it is. And um, considering the fact that in uh, two weeks and six days, I'm going to have a birthday, uh, that kind of makes me nervous. But we know that we have the great I am on our side. We have Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. And so Lazarus, everything was over for him. There was to be no more family, no more friends, no more joy, no more anything. His life was over until Jesus passed by. And that made the difference between the end and a new beginning. In John 12, we find Lazarus sitting at the table and dining with the Lord Jesus. Jesus gave him a new life, and he can do the same for you. But there's a greater problem that we all face, and that is spiritual death. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, of course, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking about our uh, spiritual death where we are separated from God, and if we are not born again, saved by the grace of God, become a child of God, then one day we will be cast eternally from the presence of God into a place of eternal suffering. And so, uh, but thank God we have uh, promises uh, in his word. And the promise that Jesus made in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, and among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so that is the great promise uh, that God has given us in his word, that Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross for us, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He bore our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. And uh, he has the power to rise from the dead. And he has the power to destroy sin in our lives and to save us and to forgive us of all of our sins, to give us a brand new start. He specializes in giving dead men new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
And then those who place their faith in Jesus Christ will never die. According to God's word, we have passed from death into life, and we shall live forever to receive the promise of Christ and be rescued from spiritual death and from the power of the grave. You have to believe in Jesus. The Bible does not teach us to trust our works or our goodness or our religion to earn our salvation. Neither can we place our confidence in the church or in a changed life. Salvation comes only through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am. He is Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, our God today, the eternal God. He is the eternal, infinite creator God who loves you and me. He had the power to create the universe. He had the power to protect and preserve his chosen people, the Jews, down to the present time. And yes, he had the power to stand before Lazarus' tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth. And Jesus walked out of that tomb, still wrapped in his grave clothes. And Jesus said to them, lose him and let him go. Jesus, the great I am, loves you. He died for you. He shed his blood for you on the cross. He bore your sins. He took your place. Will you receive him today as your Savior? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence, even though we're separated by distance, but we're united in spirit, raising our hearts and our minds and our thoughts to you, thanking you for the great miracle that happened on this day many years ago when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Thank you that he has the power to raise us from the dead as well. As Paul said in Ephesians 2.1, we are made alive through what the Lord Jesus Christ. And so thank you for that promise and that hope that we have. And if there's a single person listening to my voice right now who does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray that you would help them to receive Jesus into their hearts, to confess the fact that they are a sinner, trust that Jesus died for their sins on the cross, and that his blood can cleanse them of all of their sin. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.